Hey, it's good to be with you again. Uh, I want you to turn to Psalm 18.1 is where we are today. Uh, just really uh, moving off that one verse. And while you may be finding it, I want to thank Andrew for preaching, closing out our Red Sea Rule series. We're finished with that series. I really encourage you to get people uh, to share that with folks. Uh, with podcasts, look on our website. We have an app. Uh, and be able to share that so people can uh, so people can hear it and hopefully it will minister to them. Uh, I was away last Sunday in Russell County, Lake Cumberland. I, I pastored there for about eight years. We started a ministry in 1990 on uh, Jamestown Resort and Marina on the lake. It's called Lake Church, and we've been doing that uh, since 1990. So we're looking at 30 years. Uh, we. Uh, I did it every summer when I lived there until I moved here, and then I go back on Labor Day and close out the summer season. So I've been going back every Labor Day, every uh, Labor Day since I've moved, which was 26 years ago plus years ago. So we're going to be in Psalm 18:1. Let's have a word of prayer together. Father, I ask that you help me to be a plain preacher, uh, so plain that a child understands me. I ask you to give me words of knowledge. And if you prompt me with them, Lord, I want to be obedient to speak to them, a person's situation, or even to them as well, personally. Uh, Lord, uh, you will remind me out of everybody listening or anybody in service that I'm the one under a greater judgment, a more strict judgment, because I'm a teacher of your word. And I accept my place in rightly dividing it. It's in the name of Jesus, I pray his name that I preach. Amen. Let me give you Psalm 18 once, real easy. Uh, it's actually a favorite of Logan and, and me, uh, and of mine, and it says, I love you, Lord, my strength. I want to start off with a question. Is there, is there anyone that you can completely trust? And you may have to think a while before you answer that. Are there, are there people on earth that I can completely trust? They are, but they're very few. I'm not going to say they don't exist because that's not true. They do exist. So there are some people, but beyond that, uh, we're going to handle today that God can be trusted. If you're not careful, you're going to get into uh, a worldly way of thinking, uh, a, a fleshy way of thinking, which can even be a selfish way of thinking. And that is you can view God's leadership in your life is messing up your life, or uh, you don't like his redirections. You, you think he's stifling you, or it's dull and boring to follow Christ, that you feel, you feel confined. And uh, these are lies. They're worldly lies. They're flesh lies. They even become very selfish. In God, we can have uh, Life and know what it really means to be alive, fulfillment of life, purpose of life, and even peace in the midst of uh, very difficult times. I want you to look at a verse, 1 John 5, 3. For this is what love for God is, to keep his commands. And John writes, now his commands are not a burden. They're not burdensome. They really do set you free to understand life and to live life. Have you ever said to anyone, I, I love you more than anything? Have you ever said that statement? You may have even said it to multiple people, and you may not have meant it to any of them. It's just we say, I love you more than anything. P. 
People have uh, said this to God and they've meant it. They've said it to God and they meant it. And David, uh, in, as the psalmist, is one of those people who have said it. Uh, real quickly, if you know anything about Scripture, you're going to say, well, David was a man of mistakes. He was. Uh, David had periods and seasons of selfishness. He did. And of sin, willful sin. Yes, he did. But uh, Paul writes this in Acts. We know it from the Old Testament and the New Acts 13.22, he knows this, and he says, but, but God removed Saul, who was the king at that time, replaced him with David, a man about whom God said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. Listen, I'm a preacher of the gospel, and I want you to know that you can become this person. I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've been. I don't care how far the journey has taken you. I, I, I do know some of the cost of that, of, of that travel away from God and of disobedience. It does cost us something. It's not free. But I want to tell you, things can change on a dime. Things can change quickly to where you become a, a man or a woman that's after God's own heart. Uh, this became true of David. Psalm 51 is a beautiful psalm of confession. I ask you to, to go look at it and read it uh, and then apply it. Let, let that be your words of uh, confession, repentance, restoration in the Lord. Let that happen because that can happen to you. I don't want to talk to you about the possibility of it happening to you. It can happen to you. You can become this person. Uh, that is after God's own heart. I actually want people to say that about you, and I certainly want people to say that about me, about my life, if they were to give it in a sentence, that I was a, I was a man after God's own heart, and so were you. So one of the main points we want to give to you today is that God can be trusted, and God can make you strong no matter what you're going through. Let's go back to Psalm 18.1. He says, I love you, Lord, by strength. When he says, I love you, he's meaning I, I, I am loving you, I did love you, I will love you, that I love you. Uh, it is the first and greatest commandment that is given to us, and Jesus teaches this, Matthew 22, verse 37 and 38. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind, this is the first and greatest commandment, that we love him. Uh, it's a personal devotion that's to God. Uh, David used words to describe the way a parent loves a child. It's a, a relational love. The, the word that is used to is a word that is referenced to the womb, meaning it's the way a mom looks at a child or even a, 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 a father looks at a child. And usually it's the picture of God's love for us. But David is trying to use this language to describe his love to God. And it, it basically boils down to this. He's saying, God, I'm a part of your family. I, you and I, it's, it's a family relationship. You you are my father. You're my father God. You're my heavenly father. 
And it, it, he's describing a love that says, I'm all in. I, I've, said that, I've said that to Julie. When I made a commitment to Julie, it was, it's an all in love for her. Uh, it is for her to me. It, it is an all in love. I, I, it, listen to this. It's an attempt, and I use the word attempt. It's an attempt to love God back the way that he loves me. I, I, I said an attempt. I, I know that's going to make you think, and it should. I want it to. It's an attempt of loving him back the way that he loves me. It is a love that David has for God that sees God as strength, as love, as mercy, and sees him as grace. Uh, it, it is a love that looks back, which is a spiritual discipline. Don't forget that. Just stopping where you are, looking back, and seeing how faithful God is. And you're going to see God's strength, and you're going to see God's rescue, which is what David did. Back to Psalm 18.1. He says, I love you, Lord. I just want you to know there's no other God, okay? I mean, that's one of the, that's one of the basic commandments. There is no other God. David's not crying out for just anyone to hear him. I mean, it's, if you've ever been in a situation and you're just crying for help and you'll take whatever shows up, whomever shows up, that's not what David's doing. David is not crying out for anyone to hear him, but only for one to hear him. I love you and I love you, Lord. There is no other. There is no other God. And then he says, my strength. Uh, we may look at King David as being strong, a great leader, commanding in his leadership, his stature. Uh, you need to know that in Israel, he's still revered today. Still, been, I've been to his tomb several times. I mean, the line is long. They come, they come just to lay their hand on it. I mean, the line is long. They'll stop and they'll worship and they'll pray at his tomb. Uh, it's, it's, it's adorned. They go by there because King David was this incredible leader, commanding in leadership, stature, needing no help, was being strong. But David doesn't see himself that way. David says, I love you, Lord. My strength uses the personal pronoun of my. You are my strength. David sees his victories, both physically and spiritually, even emotionally, as belonging to the Lord. His restoration is all orchestrated by God. Uh, he sees uh, the faithfulness of God throughout his life, and he says, it's not my armies that made me strong, my title of king that made me strong, the people I had around me that made me strong, my own personal intuition and strategies that made me strong. He says, God, you are my strength. I love you, Lord, my strength. We know from Scripture that in our weaknesses, he is strong. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. But he said to me, uh, the Lord is talking to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you for, for power uh, in perfect, in, is perfected in weakness. Let me say that again because I stumbled through it. My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected 
in weakness. Therefore, I will most gladly boast all the more about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may reside in me. Listen to this verse. Now listen. Just hush everything else up and listen. So I take pleasure in weaknesses. Man, that can become a crazy line. I I take pleasure in weaknesses, insults, been insulted lately, catastrophes, you know of any? I know of a bunch, wildfires, hurricanes, uh, all kinds of earthquakes, pandemics, all kinds of catastrophes going on around us, persecutions going out through other lands, and some would even say even here, uh, all because of Christ. And he said, I take pleasure in these for when I am weak, then I, I become strong. The focus is that God is going to give me strength. I asked the question, I asked the question, is there anyone that can be completely trusted? And the answer is yes. And beyond anybody that you may list humanly, it is God. God will make you strong. He'll give you the strength to get through whatever it is you're going through. Like for example, uh, you need to focus on how God is making you strong, but yet you may focus on COVID. I, I, I think God's going to lead us through COVID. I, I could I could focus on when's the economy going to get back to normal. I hope I hope it gets beyond normal and goes to incredible blessing, and I pray that so that godly people will invest in the kingdom of God. Did you hear what I just said? I'm praying for an economy that goes beyond anything you've ever known. Why? So that we can invest in the kingdom of God. There's nothing more powerful. There's no movement greater. It will never be destroyed. Never, never, never. And I want to make sure I'm a part of the movement of the kingdom of God. So he's going to make a way, coming out of our series, Red Sea Rules. Not only that, he's going to strengthen us. He's not about weakening you. He's about making you stronger. And he gets the glory through that. He may not change the situation, but he strengthens us to be able to come through it. God can be trusted to rescue us. Hosanna, that's what it means. He's the rescuer. God can be trusted to restore us, only he can save my soul. Only he can do that. And God can be trusted to strengthen us. Um, Who who wants to expose their weaknesses? Uh, Paul did it in this verse I just read in 2 Corinthians 12, 19. I don't know a man alive. I'm just going to be honest with you. Because, man, we walk, we puff our chest out as if we have no problems. Ladies, Ladies, you have a whole different way of communication. I'm going to speak to the guys right now. We, we don't want anybody to know our weaknesses. No one at all. Like, like even in leadership, I'm horrible at building buildings and raising money. I am pitiful at that. I, I don't like it. I don't like anything to do with it. There's areas of ministry that I think I'm very, very poor in. But, but God strengthens, God leads, God does these things in our life where we're weak. And, and Paul declares his exposed weaknesses only bring the promise of God's strength. Did you hear that? When our weaknesses are exposed, 
It's the promise that God, where we are weak, will make us strong. When he uses the word strength, I love you, Lord, my strength, is a word that means rock, means firm. Uh, I love you. But I want you to see in verse 2, Psalm 18, 2, how he moves into that. The end of uh, Psalm 18, 1, he says strength, which means rock. And then look what he says in verse 2. He says, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my mountain, where I seek refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold. He finishes verse 1 with strength that means rock, and then moves into just saying, the Lord is, is my rock. I want you to know that God can be trusted and God can make us strong. I want you to know that God will make you strong. I want you to say it with me. God will make me strong. Whatever you're going through, it could be physical illness, uh, it could be financial difficulty. You've just got things stacked up and lined up. I just want you to say that God will make me strong. He, he, He promises to do that. Um, what's powerful in the text, in this little bitty verse, I love you, Lord, you're my strength. I think it's powerful that David is attempting to love God back the way that he is loved by God. He's all in. He's a man after God's own heart. And I think it's powerful in the text that God makes us strong to endure, to get through the other side. Here's what I want to leave you with today. It's a task. It's John 14, 31. It says, but I will do, Jesus says this, he says, but I will do what the Father requires of me so that the world will know that I love the Father. Come, let's be going. I want to end with that today. Uh, And I want want to give it to you in, in a way that we connect in all this today. The Holy Spirit leads you to surrender to Christ. He's always leading you to Christ. When and if you surrender to Christ, the Son, Jesus, connects you with the Father. The only way you're connected with the Father, you can't go around Jesus and be connected with the Father. You've got to go through Jesus. So the Holy Spirit is leading me to surrender to Jesus, who paid my penalty and my debt. And from Jesus, he is restoring and connecting me with the Father. That's the way we work today. So I've chosen this verse. How, how are we going to end this thing and what is our task? Jesus says, I will do what the Father requires of me. And here's, here's the task. So that the world will know that I love the Father. Uh, I love you, Lord. My strength. Man, he's taken me through a lot of stuff. And he promises to continue to do that. He is my strength. Not my ability, not education not titles, not any of that. He is my strength. And here's what I want more than anything else. I want to be known after a man or a person after God's own heart. I want you to be known for that. So how do I do that? Uh, So that the world will know that I love the Father. I want the world to know that I love and I trust my Heavenly Father to not only handle situations, but make me strong enough to be able to pass through them in my weakness. Here's what I'm asking you. Let the world know 
that you love your heavenly Father. Come, let's be going. God bless you. Grace and peace to you.